Hello, and welcome back to Bridgerton Bitches. Uh, today we're talking about chapter, uh, I say chapter, episode seven, which is called Oceans Apart. And my name's Christina. And I'm Natalie, and I'm really looking forward to reviewing uh, Netflix TV series uh, Bridgerton. So season one, episode seven, Oceans Apart. Let's kick off with the best bits, Chris, shall we? Yes. And can I point out, the sad thing is we've only got one episode after this episode, which is episode eight, and then we're done for season one. And then we have to get really excited for season two, which I believe is out in March in the UK, isn't it? Yes. And in fact, I saw that they're already filming in Bath where I live. So that's exciting. You did. Have you got any inside goss? Do you know where they were filming? Did you see anything? I know I just saw something on social media but I am going to start walking the streets of Bath and try and take photos of any filming scenes so nice do some proper stalking that's a really good idea if we find any information guys we'll share it as well and we'll let you know where you can find it cool so episode seven um I rewatched this last night after I done my notes just so it could be fresh in my mind and I I just thought it was really funny because the opening scene is Daphne playing the piano um whilst the Duke is outside shooting birds and whilst he's drinking from a hip flask and I questioned the safety of that drinking with firearms did you notice that I didn't I just thought he looked really hot drinking with a firearm but you put a totally different spin on it I won't deny it's hot, um, Mm. but I thought it was a little bit reckless. Yeah, and then it made me want to try clay pigeon shooting Mm. because is he using clay pots or is he using an actual bird? I assumed he was killing real birds, to be honest. I don't know when clay pigeon shooting was invented, but I could be wrong. Mm. Is he any good or does he keep missing? I don't know if they show us. Um, but the, the rate he was drinking out of that old hip flask, I doubt he was hitting that many. Yeah, and then Daphne, on the other hand, was like doing this proper concerto, concerto, whatever you call it, like properly Rachmaninoffing. That's the guy, isn't it? Rachmanov- Rachmaninoff, that guy that's really good at piano. Oh, I have no but idea. But he did like, I said his name wrong, so any cultural points I might have got, I've just totally oh, lost. Um But I was thinking, do you reckon she's playing the piano, that actress, or is it fake? I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about those actresses that actually do learn the piano and how impressive it is. And an example of that is, you know, the 2020 Emma, um, the lady Mm. that plays plays Jane Fairfax is doing this musical scene, and apparently she's playing the piano for real. And also Johnny Flynn, who plays Mr. Knightley, he gets out the, uh, the fiddle. Um, he's a musician in real life so I was really impressed when actors do that but I honestly do not think the actress playing Daphne was playing and I just thought her hands didn't look right really so you think they have like a stunt double doing the piano and then Mm. shot with her back in the scene yeah I reckon I love how her way of venting her frustration is playing a piano. I mean, how do you vent your frustration? My way is certainly far less culturally impressive than that. I started laughing because I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, she was trying to loud play the piano. She flings the doors open to be like, oh, yeah, I'll show you, Duke. And then she starts hammering on the piano. And I was like, sorry, is this supposed to annoy him? I don't understand why you playing the piano, playing beautiful piano music would annoy him. Like, I get it if she was just doing like Farrah Jacka over and over again, really loud. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, my God, you're doing my head in. 
but yeah. I just didn't understand what she was trying to accomplish it's almost like she was trying know. to drown out drown out the shooting and I was like yeah a gun is always going to sound louder than a piano I just don't get it yeah and also close the doors if you want to drown out the sound of shooting don't open them up so the shooting appears louder yeah it's like she was trying to one-up him and I was like yeah this really isn't working I can think of far more annoying things you could be doing yeah like soiling all his clothes or um I don't know not when I say soiling I mean like chucking them in the mud and stuff don't actually <laughs> put them on and fish yourself um keeping it classy keeping the podcast classy but I can think of far more putting too much salt in his food, sugar oh in his tea, like goodness. salt in his tea. Oh my she God, be... I love that. Because it reminded me of that scene a couple of episodes ago where her sister Eloise is like, oh, can you just, but it was annoying her that Daphne was playing the piano. So maybe Daphne's like, okay, my piano playing is just annoying for people. So I'm just going to plod along really loudly. But I think that was because she hadn't learned the piece properly. So she was making loads of mistakes. It's quite repetitive. And I guess that would be really annoying. But she was playing like really well. So people would actually pay good money for that. So I felt I felt it was like a power thing. Like, look how accomplished and amazing I am. And you can't even hit a bird. Yeah, possibly. I love your idea. I love your idea that she's just sneaking around putting salt in his pot of tea. So he's in the morning drinking his tea and he spits it out everywhere. And then like she puts itching powder in his in his pants and stuff. I think that yeah. would be really funny. And like cling film, even though it doesn't exist, over his chamber pot. <laughs> mm. Her and Eloise are just going around trying to change everything and drilling holes in his boots. And... Love it. That would have been far more interesting for the viewer. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it. Um, anyway, so yeah, I thought that scene was like a little bit silly, and I was like, Daphne is just not really very good at this. Um, it's not nice, is it, seeing them fall out? And I think, um, I think what I've put as best bits is, is partly a quote as well. So they're at the dinner table, the breakfast or whatever, and her maid comes in and hands her the lady whistle down. Um, and oh, just before that, sorry, she basically says to him. I'd like my things removed from your bedroom into my into the Duchess's rooms, my own rooms. Um, and he basically says he will not allow it um, because you are my wife. And I was like, that's kind of hot. I like not that- kind. It's not kind of hot. That's really hot. Yeah, I loved it. How even though they've fallen out, he still wanted to share a room. Um, but I think that made him seem more mature because I felt that she was being really petulant. Like, you haven't given me what I wanted. I'm going to stamp my foot. I'm a little princess and I want to just punish you by removing my stuff out of the bedroom. But maybe I'm being a bit unfair. Maybe she feels like this is the only way she can take control and get through to him because she doesn't feel hurt. And also they've massively fallen out. Like, why would you want to share a bed with somebody that you're really mm. pissed off at? Um, yeah so I at first was like well that doesn't make sense but then he basically goes on to say he wants to know as soon as she knows that she's not pregnant so like he's keeping an eye on her so I was like, actually that's not that romantic then oh that that does take the romance level down quite a few notches it becomes a bit controlling doesn't it mm. so what do they agree then that she is moving out um no but then do you remember later on which I love this quote when she says something like I'm going to go back to visit my family um and I'll go without you 
And he said, separate bedrooms may be tolerated, but separate households shall not. <laughs> and I was oh. like, oh, love it. That's so lovely. But that, again, isn't that quite mature? Because he could have just said, yeah, I don't want to go see your family. He could have continued this escalation. I, I like that he stood up and said no. Yeah, if anything, she at this point is the one that wants to like separate away from him and he's the one still clinging on. But later mm. on in the episode, it kind of changes, isn't it? And, and she's, yeah, he's the one pulling away, uh, which we'll talk about later. Um, so he's, what used other... to pulling, he's used to pulling away, isn't he? Nice, nice. Um, what other bits have you got on your best bits? I liked that he wanted to accompany her to her family's home because they're trying to distract the ton from the news about her brother. What's he called? The one that you fancy? Colin. Um, Colin. For like five so I like. Well, you said it. I definitely remember you choosing him as a husband. Um, I've got here, ooh, hello muscles, fight scene with Will. So is there a fight <laughs> scene coming up? <laughs> I was thinking about this when the fight scene came up because I remember we talked about this before and I always used to switch off because I'm like not interested in boxing and you used to be like really into it. Um, I'd lean forward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it was kind of hot though because Will was like, oh, you're married. Um, uh, what happened on your honeymoon? And the Duke was like, nothing happened. And he was like, Will was like, oh, I can't imagine your wife is very happy about that and he was like I <laughs> I ask you not to think about my wife at all or something and he was a bit possessive I don't get this because I liked Will and the Duke's relationship and I like that Will asked him like how was the honeymoon because I thought maybe they'd have a bit of an honest discussion and talk about what happened but they really don't talk do they men at this time it feels like they just don't share with each other it seems like that a lot. I don't know if it's just a costume drama thing or even like a modern thing in TV shows, but they never really show the guys having heart to hearts. Or if they do, they have to be really, really drunk. Well, the one exception that I can think of is the Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley. And what year was that? 2001? 2005. Um, nicely remembered. And there's that scene where Mr. B- Mr. Darcy is talking to Mr. Bingley and they're kind of having a bit of a heart to heart or they're practicing how he might propose. Mm. Yeah, I that was the closest so. I can think of. Yeah, um, you're right though. And later on, there's a scene between Anthony and the Duke, which goes really nasty, where they actually mm. start making personal jibes at each other. And it's a shame because I do think their their friendship is broken, and it's kind of sad. Yeah, um, and actually, what they were saying wasn't actually nasty and maybe we'll come back to that scene later between Mm. Anthony and um, the Duke what they were saying is the kind of conversation you would have with a friend that you knew really well but it was like the tone and the way Mm. it was said it and it was taken as an attack but what they were actually saying to each other was actually kind of quite insightful but yeah maybe we'll come back to that it was insightful and deep but it was done in quite a nasty attacking way Mm. um so on my best bits before that I've got um Colin is worried about Marina even though technically she royally screwed him over and caused a scandal and that made me realize which we knew before but he is a genuinely a good guy um and I liked that you know he worries for her I thought he was worried for her and then later on he asks Daphne to accompany him to see Marina because he didn't think the rumors were true and then he gets there and finds out they are true and then he gets upset 
Yeah, but he even says, like, look, if you just told me you were with child, I still would have married you. And I'm like, God, that's I don't an know awful how many thing guys... to say. I don't know if I believe him. I suppose so. But do you not think a lot of people would be more angry and be like, you know what? Screw yourself. You lied to me. You made me look like an idiot. I'm embarrassed. Like, he doesn't care about that. He doesn't care that everyone's talking about him. He doesn't care that um, he's embarrassed himself. He doesn't care what other people think. Like, I think a lot of people would have reacted very differently. Like, I don't know, posting her dog poo in a box. Like, a lot of people would have been really pissed off. Yeah, I remember him going there and being like, are you okay? I remember him not really believing the rumours. And then when she's like, yeah, it's true. He was upset. And like, how Mm. could you do this to me? Yeah, you're right. He was upset because of what she'd done but you're right he didn't turn on her like he could have done and he didn't talk about how he's embarrassed so public opinion doesn't seem to upset him too much which is nice yeah so good guy Colin I do like that and it was sad wasn't it I I put here that I admired Marina's bravery when she said I didn't come here to be shamed yeah um it's 2021 and I think her situation um and the way that she's talked to now as a woman would have been really horrible horrible experience to go through wouldn't it like she is publicly shamed and to actually stand up and say I didn't come here to be shamed I was like yeah good for like you. That. that was really good because I think um yeah people would have made you feel like you were trash and it would have been really easy yeah. for her to just put her head down and take it and for her to actually you know put her chin up in the air and say well yeah fine like I'm sorry but I'm not going to be made to feel like yeah duh, I like that yeah, a lot because also she would have been taught society would have taught you that that was a shameful situation mm. to be in and I really like that she's like no um is there any period drama costume drama Jane Austen adaptation where they address the issue of an unmarried pregnant woman I guess it's in sense and sensibility isn't it because um Willoughby um gets a girl pregnant just before he meets Marianne and there's another character Colonel Brandon's ward the same thing happens there so it was mentioned wasn't it Mm. and is it hinted about in Pride and Prejudice when Wickham um elopes with Mr Darcy's sister I guess that was more marriage wasn't it and ruining her reputation rather than pregnancy and they were caught just before they actually managed to elope I suppose they were like waiting for the boat or something Um, I guess it did happen what did you think about Daphne's discussion with Marina because I put that under my best bit same so I thought Daphne apologizes to Marina she shows empathy which is good because Mm. I think she was quite taken like Daphne is not very worldly and uh, Marina says that to her she was like are you so unworldly and she is she's really naive she doesn't know anything and I think Mm. she learned it when she was watching Marina and Colin I think Marina says something like I don't know she says something that really surprises her and you can tell Daphne's thinking about it isn't it something like I didn't have oh I know why because she says something like to Colin I didn't have someone to guide me through I didn't have the means or I didn't have someone to guide me through this. I, I don't know how to do this. And I think Daphne takes from that that she feels she didn't have her mother to walk her through marriage. Because in the previous episode, there's a garden scene with her and her mum where she says to her mum, you told me nothing. Oh, this is in this episode. Expect. 
that's in this episode because I've got it in my oh, best bit. So I was going to come okay. to that in a bit. But you're so right. I think the reason why she's empathic here is because that res- what Marina said about not having guidance resonated with her and her experience. Basically, Daphne's making it about Daphne again. Daphne's doing a meanie, which we've which we've noticed before throughout the series. Everything is about yeah, Daphne. Yeah, she did a meanie in the previous episode, or was it this episode, when Colin or Auntie say, are you okay, sister? Because she makes a really melancholy comment. Mm-hmm. And they look at her, and I was like, this is kind of Colin's moment, Daphne, not yeah. yours. Yeah. So... Talking of the garden scene, I love this scene. Apart from Lady Danbury, really pissed me off again. I I find her such an irritating character. So there's this great moment where Daphne um, stands up to Lady Cowper, and she uh, because Lady Cowper's slagging off the Featheringtons, and she says, um, "Judge not, lest we be judged ourselves." So it's like some kind of biblical quote. And the Duke looks really impressed at her and she storms off into the garden her mum follows her and you know her mum's like oh dearest I just want to help and then Daphne's like yeah if you really wanted to help me you would have prepared me instead of giving me stupid um vague metaphors you sent me out into the world like a fool um you didn't even tell me anything about married life and married relations and the mum looks really embarrassed I'm like seriously can you just stop being embarrassed about sex for five seconds and they're Mm. finally having this showdown between her and her mum and I'm like yes finally they're going to get some closure oh and who turns up and ruins the moment again Lady Danbury and she's just stood staring at them on the path, she's clearly interrupting a really private moment. But anybody else would just be like, oh, and they would just walk off. She just stands there and stares at them until they break apart. And I'm just like, oh, my God, can you just leave people alone for 10 seconds and stop butting in? It's getting on my nerves. OK, so I feel quite defensive because I absolutely love her. I just think she's really awesome. But anyone who knows anything about eavesdropping knows that you always stand so that you can't be seen. <laughs> So you can hear as much as possible. So why was it that she stood out in the open? Is it because she was trying to indicate to them that that conversation was inappropriate and she was trying to protect them from over over disclosing in public? Because why else would you make yourself so visible? I think she's just so bloody nosy and interfering. She just lost herself. Like, you know, I do that sometimes that like you always take the mickey. Like if I'm in a cafe and there's people arguing, I'll literally just stop and stare. And you're like, Chris, like, look away. I can't help myself. That's what Lady Danbury's like. Um, and even when Daphne walks all the way down the path towards her, she's still just stood there. And I'm like, you're making this really awkward. Well, um, now you know what you're like. Like your yeah. head literally does like a 360 like an owl. Like you're part of an ex, you're having an exorcism or something. Yeah. You're right, there definitely, there could have been more of a discussion there. I think we talked about many episodes ago, we talked about, did women back then talk about sex? And I don't think, I can't remember now if it was lower class women did Mm. and upper class women didn't. Yeah. Does that ring a bell? The servant class and working class people they grew up in confined quarters they probably shared a room with their parents and stuff like they might have worked in the countryside they would have seen animals um, mating and stuff they were more closer to that kind of stuff whereas girls like Daphne would not that wouldn't have been appropriate conversation for her class or sex so Mm. it was I think it was quite normal that 
these young women like Daphne didn't know anything. Yeah. I wonder if Daphne is going to share this knowledge with Eloise. Oh, do you know what, though? She should. She should start a chain of change, shouldn't she? She'd be like, you know what? I'm going to teach my older sister. She can teach her next sister. You're right, but Daphne doesn't because I think Daphne just thinks about herself. You're right. Has she actually said, oh, shit, what about Eloise? Maybe she will in season two. I hope so. I think we have to give Daphne a chance. She's still only just learned. Uh, about all of this and then she gets pregnant so I'm really hoping that in season two we see Daphne and Eloise become a little bit closer and Daphne comes out of her shell and she kind of shares a bit more with Eloise because the thing with Daphne is she's quite prim and proper and I don't know is she just gonna end up repeating what her mum was like with her but with Eloise I hope not but that's a really good point I really hope that happens in series two I hope so do you think well the mum might change do you think the mum might be more open with Eloise so far like I feel like that conversation in the garden that Lady Danbury interrupted could have led to some kind of recognition from the mum that she's messed mm. up but because it got interrupted that's why I was quite disappointed because I was like I feel like that was the chance there for her character to develop and it didn't yeah yeah it got cut short didn't it mm. any other best bits for you so um, when Lady Danbury invites Daphne to like the women's version of a man's club and they go and they do gambling and drinking and stuff. And mm. I just thought Daphne is not fun enough to join this club. <laughs> You're so harsh. Why not? Why isn't she fun? She's enough? just really boring. Like, I just don't think she's very fun. Um, I just think Daphne's character is just quite boring, you know? She doesn't have many interests. Any... She plays the she plays the piano. That's all we know about her. Like she's not a very complex character. So, well, what would uh, a fun version of Daphne have looked like then in this scene? What would you have liked her to have been doing? Like I don't know, horse riding through uh, the grounds in the rain, or learning how to play croquet whilst drinking tequila. Like I don't know, just anything really interesting um I find her quite bland as a character um so for me I was like yeah she gets to go to this club and she rolled a dice and she had a sip of wine and that was probably enough for her I I think what you would have liked is for her to see like a line of cocaine because didn't they (laughs) sniff cocaine or snuff or something back then she could have tried some snuff I would if I was that rich I'd be like you know what I'm gonna try it today Maybe a little bit of strip poker, maybe that would have kind of made you feel like she was a bit more open-minded. You know what? If there had been that orgy going on that Benedict went to. Oh my God, yes. That's what you wanted. Yeah, I just don't think she was fun enough. I I think we're quite critical of her and I do think it's because we're jealous. I No, but the thing is, I'm comparing her to other characters like for example, Elizabeth Bennett in Pride and Prejudice, she's really witty, she's intelligent, she can hold a conversation, um, she's got interest, she's passionate, like she just, I find Daphne quite a one-dimensional character, like she's very, um, we said this before, what's the word, we just go along with everything, she's very compliant, she, you know, okay, fine, that scene where she interrupted the duel, that was exciting, that was her showing initiative, independence, um, she was taking control of her own destiny that was fun I just think maybe we need more scenes like that with Daphne so that she feels like a proper like not just a one-dimensional character 
Yeah, I think um, she reminds me a little bit of Jane Bennett because she was quite compliant, wasn't she? Mm. Except I feel like Jane was really considerate, sweet and kind, whereas Daphne just got has got a bit of fire in her. Do you know what I wonder what it is? When they designate a female character as beautiful and the most beautiful woman, they therefore don't have to develop her character, like her personality, because she's already attracting men through her beauty. And that's what Daphne, not in the book, but in the TV show, was very much like, well, she's the most beautiful woman, so she doesn't have to have a really sparkling wit. Whereas someone like Elizabeth Bennet, her sister was the beautiful one, so she had to be a little bit more than that, a bit like Eloise. You know, she she reads more, she's intelligent, she's witty. She's making up for the fact that she's not the most beautiful sister. That is an interesting point. But i got to say, at times, I did find Daphne to be quite witty when she's talking to the Duke. And uh, I don't know, there's a, there's a couple so. of, there's a bit of banter between them, which I quite like. Because I don't think he the Duke would have been seduced by looks alone. I'm sure he's been with lots of beautiful women before, but she was a little bit feisty with him, wasn't she? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. I just noticed that we can be quite critical of her. Maybe, maybe I don't know why we are. I think it's just because we think the Duke is really hot and we're jealous. But you're right. There are aspects of her personality which are a little bit... Yeah, like, iffy. I mean, we Eloise is more of a heroine figure for us, isn't she? She's... She's that independence and she's, um, you know, that pro-feminist, whereas Daphne's not. And I think that's what we want the main character to have those qualities, don't we? And we want to find the main character a bit of a heroine. And there's just not much there for me. Whereas someone like Eloise, she's far more inspiring, isn't she, as a character? I think it's true that there are some characters that you are more drawn to and attracted to. And I think Eloise, for me, is one of them. I really like the opera singer as well. Yeah. So it could just be like a personality thing, isn't mm. it? Um, they're drawn to different things. Um, my, I thought it was quite cute when the Duke returns late home, uh, returns home late, and he's walking up the stairs and Daphne's kind of peeping uh, through the door. And then as he turns to look at her, she closes the door, she hides, and he says, I've already seen you. And I just thought that was quite cute and quite playful. Um, doesn't he really also cute. go down? Yeah. And then doesn't he also end up going down on her on the on the stairs? Yeah. That whole scene was really weird. I didn't really get it. So like they're like moody with each other and they passionately kiss and then he pushes her onto the stairs and he starts going down on her and then she says which I think really breaks the mood and breaks the spell for him when she says shall we take this to the bedroom and I think straight away he's like and flaccid because he doesn't trust her anymore Um, and it just really turns him off and that's when he stops and walks away and he's like no trust is done she even says that she was like you don't trust me so first of all, I was like, I don't understand what just happened. And then I watched it, watched it again. And I was like, okay, that's what's happening. He's really turned off by the fact he can't trust her after what she did. So if she hadn't said anything, what do you think would have happened then? I think he would have just finished going down on her. Ah, <laughs> oh, you don't think he would have got caught up in the moment and had sex with her, but with him on top? I don't think so. I don't. I think he's put off by it. I don't know. Maybe Maybe he didn't like that she suggested it because it felt like she was in control and he likes to be in control on top of the situation, if you get my drift. Yeah. Literally and physically. But I also liked it when 
she was like who have you been with and he thinks he says something like oh, oh you think Phyllis love me and I was like oh so cute yeah he's like we've only been married a few weeks and you already <laughs> oh he says I'm wounded I love that he goes I am wounded and I'm like oh I love that can um, we use that in our daily vocabulary just anyone listening try and put that into your daily even just once once this week I'm wounded yes and we were going to start using dunderhead as well remember oh we forgot dunderhead, you dunderhead. Um, um, can I just say my all-time favorite scene in the whole episode okay it's so well done it's really intense and romantic so uh the Duke comes back after his fight with Anthony and he's in his bedroom and he's like touching the cut with his little napkin thing and she walks in and she's like let me help you and it's like classic romantic movie thing where like the heroine is like looking after the guy that's all beaten up and as he does it he just starts staring at her in such an intense way and then he just gets her and sits her on his lap and they start making out and it's super super hot and really intense and it feels really real um and she ruins it again and um, do you think if that if she hadn't have ruined it by saying something what does she say to ruin it mm, why would I don't you know love she you brings up like... the argument or something doesn't she do you think that if she hadn't said anything, she just kept her trap shut, <laughs> that she would have got some? I love how this is your re- your recurring concern. So would they have had sex? I have no idea. I'm afraid I, I can't tell you whether they may or may not have had sex. But I think it was just a tender moment, though. I don't think it was supposed to be like a a sexual moment, but it was just tender. And it was just sad. And then he just pushes her off his lap. And, and then they start that conversation where she finally gets to understand. So what the hell is going on with this whole promise? And he explains it, but. And he explains that it was a promise he made on his deathbed. And she says, if a promise you made on your deathbed was more important than the vows that you made on our wedding bed. Yeah. Then it is indeed like, I don't know. I guess that's pretty big hits to the ego, isn't it? I think she worded that really well because she was like, so you're willing to destroy any future happiness we could have for the sake of a man who no longer even walks this, this earth. And I was like, go Daphne. Like that was a really good way of rationalising what's going on. And I also liked how she said, if indeed that vow is more important than the vow you made to me, then you must keep it. But yeah. that leaves us with no future. Exactly. Um, do you have any more best bits? Um, no. Oh, I, the last best bit. I feel like this is going on for ages. I think actually this must have been quite a good episode because there were a lot of best yeah, bits here. Yeah, I agree. My my final best bit is something we've already mentioned previously, and that was the conversation. I put a real conversation at last, and that's mm. between Anthony and the Duke, and they're having a couple of drinks. I bloody love that and I was watching it last night and I really like you know I'm a big fan of Anthony okay Mm. I loved Anthony's reaction so first of all he's baiting the Duke he's like yeah well your dad was so clearly very absent and that means you're not aware of how to look after a family and I was like sick fan and then the Duke is like oh well you certainly make it look difficult and then he starts saying stuff like um do you think your father's looking down at you now and he's happy with what you're doing and I can see Anthony he even says um 
he goes to go like your grace as if to say stop because this is wounding me um and then he looks angry he looks away and his body language is so good the guy that's acting and you can see him getting angry and angrier until he just loses it and launches Mm. himself onto simon and what i thought was a little bit unrealistic here is like he actually wins the fight like if you notice he gets um the duke and he slams him on top of a table and he's on top of him and i'm like hang on a second simon is literally boxing every day um, he's a really good wrestler. How on earth, Anthony, are you winning this fight? Because just not realistic. Well, that's a good point because we don't even know if Anthony goes to like you know a Regency gym or keeps mm. fit. Whereas we know that the Duke does keep fit, and Will looks like he trains him pretty hard. Do you think in the back of the Duke's mind, he's like, oh, I know I just did a bit of a baddie thing there, and I know <laughs> that if I beat up my brother-in-law. Like, I know there's no coming back from that. Maybe he's holding back? Possibly. Or he just, the fight's gone out of him, maybe, and he's just down, like you say. That's that's a good observation, actually. Um, yeah, because I did yeah. think it was unrealistic, but I did love the scene. I loved how hurt Anthony looked. Um, oh, I thought it was absolutely brilliant, because he was trying his best to ruin Simon, and then Simon was just like, you know what? He just turned it right around, and I was like, oh, amazing. See, I didn't think what Anthony said was delivered in a vindictive way or was actually content-wise that bad. He said, the, the problem is that your father was so absent that <laughs> he never gave you a proper example to lead a family. I think that's and, really and, hurtful. And that's, but it's true. He's not saying anything that's untrue. Um, it, it's factual. And I and the, what the Duke says is, well, you certainly make it look difficult. Well, that's, like, mean. And then he goes on to say, and then he escalates there about the dead dad. I mean, come on, that's harsh. <laughs> See, I think it's a really personal attack because that's like a kid whose dad left the home and was abandoned. And then you say, oh, well, you don't know what dads are like because you don't have one, lol. <laughs> like, to me, that's a very personal not having a dad you know not having that relationship was quite he had a really horrendous relationship with his dad so I just think to to use that as a form of attack was was quite harsh oh see I when you say it like that I get it but the way that Anthony says it in that Regency language yeah I almost felt like he was just sort of saying look you don't know how to lead a family but you're right it is kind of mean do you know what though you're right this is what I love about the flowery Regency language and the way they um they're able to deliver insults in such a flowery way that you have to think for a couple of seconds like oh hang on I just realized what you did there I love that Mm. yeah that happens a few times between the modiste and the dress fitters or they're very subtle very flowery with the way that they say things I love Uh, it but that scene this was actually quite an emotive episode it was it was um I've got a feeling we should move on because we've done quite a few best bits we've still got quotes and eye rolls um and shockers to get through are you happy for us to move on or do you have anything you want to yeah no that's that's pick up the pace cool so just before we move on to our next bit we just wanted to do a quick shout out and say if you've been enjoying our little podcast on all things Bridgerton if it brings a little bit of joy to your day which we hope it does then please come and find us on Patreon and just donate um, if you can if you want to help us support the costs of hosting um, the podcast um, we'd be really really grateful 
also in the link uh, so that will be in the link um in the description of this episode so also come and say hi because we'll be posting stuff on patreon as well and you can also message us we can do q a's it'll be really fun also, if you look in the description, um, if you love Lady Whistledown and you want to read your own Regency newspaper full of gossip, society gossip, news, um, scandal, you know, scandal, events, a Regency love column, it's really fun. It's, it's like a, a 12 page uh, newspaper. There'll be a link to that in the description with a 10% off code. So if you're a big fan of Lady Whistledown, get your own Regency gossip newspaper. Cool. It's worth saying as well that the, the discount code is for our listeners. So um, it was a special, special bonus for our listeners. So cool. And thank you for everyone that's been listening so far. So we're going to roll on to what do you think that shockers or eye roll? Shockers, shockers, shockers. OK, what's your shocker? Um, I mean, I put Miss Marina's fall from grace was pretty shocking. Yes yeah oh and also when lady featherington as part of that lady featherington takes her to some sort of i don't know monastery where they she tries to fob her off to the the the, the monks or the nuns and the nurses the nuns are like nah like you gotta pay a fee or something yeah that was and lady featherington is is like i thought this was a charity um but they won't take her so that was pretty shocking i thought mm. i've never seen that in the question drama before you see that issue tackled how about you? Do you have yeah, a shocker? that's true. Um, I just thought, I would just think it was quite funny. I think we touched on this briefly. So when the Duke is going down on Daphne on the stairs, and I was just thinking how awkward if one of the little Bridgerton kids ran up the stairs at that moment, or Lady Bridgerton mm. was walking around the corner to get some milk. And I just thought, Jesus Christ, like, that's pretty risky. Um, yeah, that was a... pretty shocking. I've never seen that either. I've never seen a guy go down a, a woman in a Regency costume drama show. Have you? No. Nope. That's a new one. Mm. Um, there's this really good moment, and then the mum, Lady Bridgerton, acts it really well. So when uh, Daphne and Simon go to the Queen's tea party or whatever it is, um, the Queen says to Simon, when are you going to have children? I'm, wait- I'm waiting for you to have it. And he says something like, we've certainly been putting the effort in to achieve that your highness and he's like being really smart and like kind of pretend like going along with it and Daphne just says to him your duplicity is um I don't know impressive or something and she makes this quite cutting remark and the mum lady lady Bridgerton overhears it and her face just falls because it's at that moment that she realizes wow something is not okay between these two I have two questions. What does duplicity mean? I think it's to, to be two-faced. So he's able to fake this to the queen and he's lying when actually the, the truth is the opposite. So it's like that two-faced kind of lying thing going on. Oh, my second question is, um, I just thought it was really outrageous that he was insinuating that they were they were at it like rabbits. That's a bit too much information, isn't it? To be yeah. insinuating that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I don't know I don't know what's more shocking the fact that he said that actually I find that more shocking than Daphne's comment mm. yeah that's really inappropriate he wouldn't have said that to one of our brothers would he exactly that'd be really gross um the next thing I've got is kind of a shocker but it's also kind of an eye roll so again it was really well acted Simon and Daphne are at the opera 
she sat there he puts his hand on her glove you know some kind of reconciliation uh. I was like that was nice and then all of a sudden I feel like this was written by someone that's never had a period because all <laughs> of a sudden she's like oh my god as if right then and there she's just started her period and it's like a torrent because then she goes um to one of the back rooms and lifts up her skirts and and like gets like a napkin and there's so much blood I'm like what the hell is going on like why didn't any of the women just go yeah that's not really how it works <laughs> it's yeah. like you just open and it's what three two one whoosh yeah I'm trying to remember now um it's a lot of blood you, yeah I mean sometimes you can tell can't you yeah, so I don't just, think that I guess was maybe fetched. they were they were maybe em- overemphasizing it so the viewers would know um yeah I think there was a lot of blood yeah <laughs> but you know I guess maybe she's just a heavy bleeder um, some people are but there was a lot and they probably could have like got the same message across with a lot less yeah I thought that was again really shocking I've never seen a Regency costume drama ever even allude to the period or women having periods yeah never heard yeah. of it so and I thought that was gut-wrenching I've asked you this like three or four times so anyone listening if you could just like let me know because I need closure do you think that Simon the Duke can hear her crying and understands what's happening because his face looks like he's distressed yeah because originally I thought he didn't and then when you said oh but they play her crying over it and you can see him listening I I agree with you now I watched it last night and I was like actually I think you're right because he looks really sad and upset to hear her distress because unless the music was so good (laughs) that he was just getting swept up in the music yeah I think in reality you wouldn't hear it over the music um but you know it's kind of his fault I mean how funny would it have been if she'd gone into that room like really focused on that and then behind her there's like a couple of people playing like cards <laughs> yeah because I was like what is this room because the mum comes in she doesn't lock the door and I'm like I don't even know what this room is like is it a cloak room I don't get it and would they have known back then when they're when they were due and um, is that why it's called to be on the rag because they would have used like a rag in the oh wow this is taking your turn hasn't it um (laughs) yeah you're right the term on the rag is rag rag. (laughs) you said that really funny (laughs) but I actually watched an interesting video on YouTube for anyone that's interested there was this I can't remember her name um she does um, a trial so she figures out what they used in those days when they were on their period and she wears them I can't remember what they're called it's basically like a giant nappy and she tries it out and does a review on basically what they would have done so if anyone's interested in that we'll try and put a link in the description it was really interesting Mm. very interesting um should we move on to eye rolls yes um I guess your eye roll is a little bit the way that they they played that scene with that gushing blood that sounds like it was a bit of an eye roll moment yeah I did put that I just put unrealistic period uh Um, so I put um (laughs) um the modiste right this blows my mind the modiste Madame Delacroix 
she seems to be the only person working in that modiste. It doesn't make sense to me. She's making these incredible gowns um, for everybody, for every woman in the ton. And I'm like, where's her assistance? Like, is she really, she cannot be the only one working there. And then she takes credit. She's like, you know, I made this dress. I made that dress. And I'm like, there's no way one person could make all those dresses by themselves. No way. Without a sewing machine. Exactly. Hand sewn, lined dresses with embellishments, with embroidery. I was like, no way. So, yeah. I feel like you, we should explain that you are a bit of an authority on this because you've been doing, you've been making your own Regency dresses. So you very kindly made three or four dresses for myself and one of our friends. We attended the Jane Austen Festival, which is an international festival in Bath. Chrissy got loads of comments and compliments from people, didn't you, Chris? on the yep, beautiful fun. dresses that you made. So how long with your sewing machine does it take to do like a standard Regency dress? Yeah, like something I'm, like a, Muslim or cotton? I'm an amateur sewer, so it takes me longer. But if I just made a basic Regency plain cotton dress, it would take me personally a whole day, like a working day. But that, mm. I am a slow amateur, but I'm using a sewing machine. So mm. if I had to make that and, and someone had to hand stitch it, you're probably taking like a couple of maybe two full working days and that's not even like the dresses she is making you know are like really expensive um dresses they've got lots of buttons on they sometimes got embellishments um Mm. she's making patterns because she again she's hand making her patterns for each customer so I'm just yeah it's it blows my mind really like it doesn't make any sense that would make a cool backstory there could be a tv series about you know these these extra characters that make up this show because I'm wondering if she actually made any of them either (laughs) I was wondering if actually she just bought like a shitload of dresses came over to England or you know just came from a different part of England because we know that she's faked her French accent because she lied about that what else is she lying about yeah so maybe she came with like 50 60 dresses and then maybe she just she just kind of I don't know adapts or what do you think? Or maybe she's just got some like little seamstresses that she locks away in the cellar and she's like, you make this dress now, and they're just working yeah. like Rumpelstiltskin, you know? Yeah, because the dresses are beautiful. Well, that's interesting that you mentioned that. Mm. I thought a little bit of an eye roll, and again, I might be wrong. I might be hating on Daphne. I'm trying not to because I like her character. It's just the way that she takes it upon herself to return home to distract the ton everyone's going to be talking about oh. us and our marriage and that's how I'm going to save Colin and it wasn't that so much it was the way that she did it like almost like a bit of martyrdom like and I just put get over yourself love like I love you Daphne you've got some redeeming qualities but the way you present yourself it's not very endearing sometimes. You're what do right. you think? You're right. And also there's no, oh my God, poor Colin. I am so worried about him. He must be suffering. None of that sisterly devotion. She's quite mm. unemotional in the situation, isn't she? And she very much cares about what the public say. Actually, you know what? That's why her and Colin are really different because this whole situation with the Duke happened because she was worried about the ton and what the ton would think. Whereas actually a lot worse happened to... Colin but then he's a guy and I guess his reputation doesn't matter as much as a woman's reputation does maybe yeah I suppose so yeah um 
Yeah, I think you're right. Any more eye rolls? Um, I really liked the bit in the carriage. There's so many in this episode um, where <laughs> um, Benedict and Eloise are in the carriage and he's like, I'm going to stop by the Modiste and pick up a friend. And uh, it's really awkward. There's not much conversation going on. So the Modiste is trying to make conversation. She's like, so did you enjoy your night out? Everyone was there apart from the Featheringtons. And then you can see Eloise brain just going tick 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 oh my god and she's processing I think this is um Lady Whistledown and both um her brother and Madame de la Croix are looking at her like Eloise is everything okay uh I just thought it was really funny Eloise is so expressive like she finds it hard to um opposite of Daphne isn't it to hide Mm -hmm. what she's thinking and feeling I like that yeah I don't really have any other eye roll moments. I, I I actually think that this was a really good episode. I actually enjoyed it a lot because I think we get a lot of closure finally yeah. and we get we get a lot of those uncomfortable, awkward but very necessary conversations happening, which I really liked. Yeah, can I just say, just to add on, the last kind of eye roll slash best bit, it was it was kind of awkward though, which is why I put it under eye roll. It was really refreshing for someone to kind of say to Daphne like basically Daphne and Marina are having that conversation Daphne's like oh Marina I wrote to the um decan or whatever to find out who where this guy is and Marina was like oh did the duke also sign his name on the letter and Daphne's like no um and Marina's like are you really so unworldly I'm my apologies I don't mean to sound ungrateful but he will not bother to respond to a woman and then Daphne's all like oh yes but I am a duchess and she's just like get over yourself that really annoyed me and I think at that moment Daphne's like I might be a duchess but I'm still just a woman and I still need my husband's protection and clout basically like I just felt like Daphne like oh get over yourself and also Marina good for you Daphne is really unworldly and and naive and yeah it does work Daphne's letter does get through to the right people or do you Mm. think she then went back and got Simon to sign it no, I don't think she did. So maybe you're right. But I still think good on Marina. Like it must have been really hard to say that to somebody who's at that rank. There were a couple of times in this episode where actually I think Marina helped Daphne to see that maybe she was on her high horse a little bit. And to be fair to her, Daphne does adjust her behaviour as a result. She mm. Because when she attends that meeting and acts as, um, she acts as a third person when Colin meets Marina I think she does sort of get taken down a peg or two when Marina was like I'm not here to be judged no one helped me Mm. and then and I think that that's a bit of a reality check for her and I think also she's being she's starting to realize that life isn't all peaches and cream that there are real life problems going on in the world that she doesn't Mm. really know anything about yeah she's been she's a very sheltered upbringing hasn't she and I do think as well that she probably feels bad for Marina because she's thinking, well, I didn't know how to get pregnant. So Marina probably didn't either. So it's not actually yeah. her fault that she's in this mess. No, that's true. She likes to find similarities, doesn't she, between herself and other people. And that's when she tends to empathise. You really hate her. <laughs> <laughs> Is Daphne your least... Who's your least favourite character? In I think Lady Danbury. 
Oh, I love her. She's so strong and funny. She's yeah, got I just attitude. Find, just find her a little bit irritating. I think she reminds you of you. Maybe she that's likes to be center. She likes to be center of attention. She's the hostess with the most. She likes to listen in other people's gossip. She is. Oh my gosh. She was drinking first thing in the morning. You are threatened by her. <laughs> She's yeah, living the dream. Well, yeah. is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up this episode? No, I think that's everything. I think I can't believe that this is the penultimate episode. Only one more left to go. Yeah, so um, do follow us. And if you if you can, leave a review. We're on Spotify, Audible and iTunes now, as well as YouTube. So just type in Bridgeton Bitches. Um, we will have episode eight out soon. And then we'll start to do a review on the new series. So follow us for more content. Lovely. Cool. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.